What's up, everybody? Thanks so much for checking out Bad Force Radio. Before we begin today's podcast, I want to give a couple quick shout-outs. The very first goes out to BatmanOnFilm.com and Jet, who runs that site. The Bat Force and Bat Force Radio are now proud members of the Batman Podcast Network. The second, uh, we want to say a special thank you to Sideshow Collectibles for providing some amazing giveaways and prizes for some of the contests that we've been running, as well as DC Comics and DC Collectibles, uh, who we've recently partnered with, and we're be giving you some reviews first looks and features both on twitter instagram and youtube so look out for those uh today's podcast is very awesome we get into talking to our good friend triple j uh his origins and how he got started with reading batman and collecting as well as talking about the wb studio tour which is another shout out we want to give out very special thanks to carly and john for letting us come on to the WB Studio Tour and check out DC Universe, the exhibit. Uh, You can go to our YouTube right now and check out the video that we did with all the pictures and the audio that John gave us, as well as check us out on Twitter and Instagram as we've been posting pictures from our trip. Um, We're going to get into that in a little bit in the episode. You'll hear how we kind of went down there and checked everything out. If you want to go and check out the tour yourself, it's in Burbank, California. Um, There's no end date at at all so far. It's going to be running, um, you know, until they pull it out. So go to www.wbstudiotour.com and check out for tickets and availability on when you can go. Definitely highly recommend that tour. So we want to give once again a big thank you to them for letting us uh, check that out. We also get into a little bit of uh, some of our frustrations with the recent comics and the uh, storylines that were coming out right before Rebirth. Um, and we also talk about, of course, uh, The Dark Knight 3, um, which has been amazing. So uh, without further ado, enjoy the podcast. Thanks so much for checking us out, guys. Hey, guys. Dustin Wynn, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. everybody welcome to bad force radio all right tonight very special once again back uh, after a couple of uh, absences we got uh, wes oh <laughs> we, also- we got a podcast also got robin d cross from ontario canada hey. we got scat hey. the trunkler from chicago hello damn it Got an LPC out of Dirty Jersey. Yo. We got the Bat Crap out of New York. Yo. Uh, myself and Bat Force Tom. And uh, tonight we have a very special guest. We are joined by Triple J, uh, also known as the Grumpler himself, man. How you doing? Welcome. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Thank you. From NYC. <laughs> there you go. From New York City. And uh, we'll get to Thanks your intro. Having... We'll get into your origins in a little bit. No, no. Thank you for coming on, man. It's quite a surprise. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I know we mentioned it, but um, we'll get to your origins and kind of how you got started in the uh, you know the whole thing with Batman, but uh, we got a nice little sure. nice little list of rundown tonight. Um, specifically, I think we're going to start with well, this week um, something related is Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice came out, the extended cut 
uh, digitally came out on, uh, I want to say it was Tuesday, wasn't it? And yep. uh, so what was cool about that, obviously, is we got to see some things that we did in the theater. Um, and in related news, uh, we actually got an extended invitation to go check out the Warner Brothers Studio um, DC exhibit, which uh, has on display a bunch of different costumes and props, not just from Dawn of Justice, uh, but also from the upcoming Suicide Squad film. And uh, what's awesome is that I don't think you can go anywhere else right now and see those props and costumes, at least for Suicide Squad, before the movie comes out. This is the first time they've done that. They had uh, Batman 75 was an exhibit they had about, I want to say it was two years ago that they started it, where it had all the uh, the Nolan films and also the key, the the Tim Burton films and every everything. It also had the the um, the uh, Val Kilmer stuff and the George Clooney stuff was on this point too. But um, <laughs> for the most part, it was cool, man. I think that uh, they did a really good job with Batman 75. The Warner Brothers studio uh, decided to kind of bring everything out of their vaults and put it all on display. Um, so that was about two years ago, and it ran for about a year and a half, maybe longer than that. Um, they got a lot of people coming through that. They made it a part of their overall backlot tour. And over in Burbank, California, in Southern California, if you go to Warner Brothers, um, there's actually a walkthrough tour where I think it takes up a couple hours at least, maybe two to three hours, maybe more, where uh, you you know you buy a ticket, you show up for an, a specific time, and they let you go into the backlot and you see kind of all the sets from television movies that are filmed on location right there at that studio. And uh, when I went, they let you see where they filmed The Big Bang Theory. They let you see the studio where the audience is in there. They showed you how they did it. They showed you clips of the sh of the show and how they ran th they ran through with it. Um, you're on a tram kind of going around the back lot. They have a lot of different like kind of streets set up to where it makes it look like New York City or L.A. And it was just cool, man, a really cool experience. But the highlight, obviously, for me was the time that I went as kind of a uh, just kind of a you know an individual going to check it out was the Batman stuff. Most recently, they've turned it into the DC Universe experience, um, where it's Bat Dawn of Justice and Suicide Squad, like I said before. And um, we got an extended kind of exclusive look at that. And there's going to be a YouTube video going up. Actually, by the time that this drops, that'll be up there, so you guys can check it out. Definitely go check our YouTube. And there's going to be about a 15-20 minute video where we got an exclusive one-on-one -on -one tour from John. Uh, who works over there, and he's awesome. So shout out to John, also Carly. Uh, she was amazing for helping set it up. And uh, I just got to say thank you from the Bad Force just for that incredible experience. I don't think many people get the opportunity to kind of see it the way that I got to see it. Um, like I said, man, it's a, it was a one-on-one -on -one tour that I got. In the video, you'll hear John kind of going through every single piece of the exhibit. So it's something to check out. But I think something that's really cool is that uh, my favorite part was the Jason Todd um, Robin suit because it's on display so you can walk up to it be like inches away from it and see all the detail on it And that thing's ripped up man. The capes ripped up the suits ripped up. There's bullet holes in it There's like stab marks in it um, The way it looks I almost want to see it. it almost looks like they torched it like after they killed them Maybe they set them on fire or something like that, but that's something that you know you see I, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen any better shots video photo anything than than the ones that you got while you were there yeah, and that's that's all thanks to Carly and John. They they really let me kind of do my thing. They didn't they didn't tell me I had like a time limit or anything like that. They said no, check it out, take pictures, whatever you want to do. And I was in there for at least an hour, just in that that area alone, just taking pictures. And I got up in there, man. You, I mean, I'm telling you, you, got really really big close ups on the the Robin's uh, the Robin logo on his suit. Um, like I said, there's bullet holes in it. There's bullets still in it. Um, scuffed, just everything. It's torn up, man. So that was probably my favorite is spending time with that suit 
and kind of really analyzing and breaking it down. There's already pictures of it on our Twitter. Um, we're going to be putting it on black. We're going to be blasting it out on Instagram pretty soon. I think we're going to do when this episode drops, I think it'll be a good opportunity to just kind of throw all those pictures out on Instagram so everyone can kind of see as they listen along, uh, what we're talking about. But, um, just kind of going through the top, top to bottom. When you first walk in, they got all the comics on display, uh, that represent kind of each of the Justice League members that are going to be in the universe for the films. Uh, there's a flat, you know, and they're all from the DC vault. So there's all from the DC uh, comic vault where, the, you know, John was saying that they hadn't ever really taken them out. That's, that's where they're supposed to stay in the offices. Uh, but they got them in glass cases now, all kind of set up there. Um, they have Batman number one, which is missing a cover just because it's so old and beat up. Um, and you could tell, like, I don't know if it's DC that did it or whoever maybe originally owned it. They bound it spirally. Like, they put it almost like a, in a notebook. So that kind of hurts to see that. But is that, the, is that the Bob Kane copy? I don't know whose copy that is. It, Bob, I know uh, I'd seen Bob Kane's copies of uh, Detective 27 and Batman number one before, and they were, uh, like, spiral bound. Maybe that Batman number one is. They don't, I mean, they, I'm sure they have Detective Comics 27 on in there, but the only on display was Batman number one. They wanted to do um, everyone's, like, when they got their solo book, you know, when they got their title book is what I think they have on there, yeah. except for Teen Titans. Um, that's the only one that's the team book. But uh, they got all those books on display. And right behind the books, they have all the Donna Justice stuff. And you can see from the pictures, you know, it's it's uh, Clark Kent, Lois Lane. Um, they got the mausoleum from the Wayne uh, Memorial. Um, you know, the back creatures on display. Uh, the two suits, the Batman suit and the kind of Dark Knight Returns armored suit is on display. The Robin suit, like I said, Wonder Woman's on display. Um, the Nightmare Batman suit is right there. So you get to really walk up and take a look at that too, which is awesome. Um, you can hold the kryptonite. Uh, and then right behind all that stuff, they have the Suicide Squad section, and that's amazing because, I mean, all we've seen are trailers and pictures online. You haven't really gotten an up-close look at that. And uh, the, the thing about that is I got to see kind of Jared Leto's kind of accessories that he's using with his guns and his, you know, car, everything. Just kind of, everything is super, super, like, detailed with, like, his little marks on it, calling cards. They had his, one of his suits is on display. Something else that's really cool is they're kind of always kind of rotating in and out uh, what they kind of put on display. So when I went, um, I believe it was kind of the Arkham pants, the Arkham scrub pants, and then his jacket. But I also saw different pictures where they've had other parts of his costume on display where it's been like the white. No, you know what? It was the white tuxedo, I think, that I saw. And then I, the other picture was his coat. They had the Carly Quinn jacket. You know, her stuff was all set up in... Uh, just it looked crazy, man. The, the the fact that you could stand inches away from it and take pictures of it, take pictures with it. They had a Bell Reeve gel cell as kind of like an opportunity for pictures. So just like an amazing tour, and it's just part of the overall tour. They also have kind of like a bat cave where you can kind of check out all the vehicles and stuff. But um, I'm telling you, there's nowhere else in the world right now where you can go see the costumes on display before the movie even comes out. Like you know, Deadshot stuff is on display too. Um, his guns, his mask, his suit, everything. They had a picture, oh, not a picture, but they had a suit from uh, Katana. She had some stuff in there, her swords. Um, and just, I mean, it just, it's amazing. It's amazing that you can see that stuff. It's like right there. They're going to be rotating things in and out. And you just got to check it out. If you're ever in the Southern California area and you uh, have time, you got to go check out that Warner Brothers Studio Tour. And uh, I think the best way to do it is probably go on their website. I think it's uh, wbstudiotour.com. And you can buy tickets in advance. And uh, it's amazing. It's just, just something you got to check out. So I don't know if you guys got to see uh, some of the pictures on uh, Twitter. Also, I was sharing them with you guys too. But just like 
you know, just, just really, really cool stuff that got going on over there that I don't think you can kind of do anywhere else. So definitely worth checking out. You got to go check it out. Cool. Yeah. yeah. No, they had the Wonder Woman suit on display. You took, you showed pictures of that. Yeah, they yeah. had the Wonder Woman suit. It was her. Uh, it, was, I mean, it was just her Wonder Woman suit that she has in the third act of the film. <laughs> her shields. Oh, that's another thing too. Her shield has writing all over it. Um, it's uh, obviously like you know in her. Uh, I believe like you know Greek or whatever it is that it's in Amazonian. Have they just have they said if she's Greek or Amazonian yet? Her, her <laughs> origins, because so. I know it changes every once in a while. But um, she's got stuff on her shield that. That is like uh, there's like an image on her shield that's like faded that I try to take a picture of but you can't really make out what it is, uh, but it's kind of like this hidden like image on her shield, and then it's got the writing on it. So yeah, her costume was cool. Um, Did they have the lasso of truth with it? Yep, right there on her hip. Uh, she's got it on her hip. That's and, awesome. Uh, and yeah. the swords as well. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, did they have the um, like the the bat plane? You know, that portion, uh, the, vehicles? the vehicles are on display in a different portion of the tour. They, they call it, they call it the Batcave, and that's kind of where um, they have the tumbler. They also have a section where it's a green screen where you can take pictures on the Batpod. Um, yeah, so it's, cool. it's really cool how they kind of, so I think from what I remember is they take you on the tour uh, of the whole back lot first, and then they kind of let you walk around onto some of the different sets, and these are television show sets and movie sets that when I went, um, there's a show called, I guess, Heart of Dixie. They had just set it up for like kind of a, a scene where they were having a celebration or like kind of like a 4th of July celebration. So everything looked, but there was this town square that looked like it was about to go on a, you know, have a big party. So they let you walk around that stuff first for about an hour. And then halfway in between, um, they take you into the studio or they take you into where all the costumes are in that exhibit. So you walk through that. Then they take you on a little bit more of the back lot and then it ends at the bat cave um where they have the vehicles and the bat pod and i think when i went you could take a picture in front of the tumbler um, but this time around it looks like you can take a picture on the bat pod and also they had like a harry potter broom so i guess you can have a choice but i don't think many people are not going to choose batman in the bat pod <laughs> did they have they didn't have the uh, 89 in there by any chance when i went they did they had the 89. Um, they, and like I said, I don't know. They rotated around. But when I went, they had the 89 Tim Burton uh, Batmobile. They had the Batpod, the Tumblr. Um, they even had uh, from Batman and Robin in the third act of that movie, there's like a, an ice jet, like an ice ski jet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They had, and to be honest, dude, like, like alone by itself, like just in the corner, lit up. It looks pretty awesome. Um, even, nice. even Batgirl's... Uh, Batgirl's motorcycle was on display. That looks by itself even looks cool, you know. Um, How about um? Did you uh, did you say that they had like the armored suit? Yeah, where you can man. walk up to it. Where the eyes lit up. Was yeah. No, can you see the the gun that he used to shoot the kryptonite? Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean the 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 armored uh, Frank Miller kind of Dark Knight Returns suit is what they do is they have and again they could probably they'll probably change it up. You know they they do that a bit where they change up how things look and where they're at. But when I went, they had the uh, just a kind of standard Ben Affleck suit on one side and right behind it, like back to back, they have the armored suit and the armored suit's kind of standing there. Um, I don't know if they took it to New York Comic Con. I think they did, right? Did you yeah, guys... yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So I can't remember if at New York when it was on display, um, if it had his grenade launcher <clears throat> with him, like he's holding the grenade launcher in this one in one arm. And then in the other arm, he's holding his, um, his kind of grappling hook, you know, the one that he uses with the, uh, with the armored suit at the end. Mm -hmm. um, the eyes are lit up. It's just, it looks awesome, man. And again, like you can walk right up to it. There's like a rope, there's a rope like in between you and the suit. 
but it's not like it's behind a glass case or anything. It's literally just right there. There's signs everywhere that say, don't touch anything, but I mean, I just took my camera like inches away from it. <laughs> you gave it a hug. Yeah. I, I went it. through so you stuck something else. <laughs> I remember seeing it at New York Comic Con and um, it's, uh, you know, you watch the movies. Watching the movie is one thing, but to see these costumes and this armor in person is just unreal. The detail and the presence it has, it's just insane. I, I, when yeah. I New York Comic Con, I remember they had the, uh, like the tech cow disassembled. Did they have that at this tour, Tom? Oh man, I, I no. They that's oh. actually a good suggestion though. If they're listening, they should probably do that too. Um, mm. They had it yeah. like fully assembled. But something that was cool is they had like a little bat cave section where um, they had the uh, the video playing. Where you know in the in the cave, he's got like the schematics of the Batmobile kind of playing <laughs> in a video behind the Batmobile, where it's mm. kind of always changing, and you can kind of see the the wheel kind the of. And they have the uh, kryptonite spear in there too. Yeah, they have that under glass, which is cool. When, there's different angles. Like when you look at it, it looks like it's not lit up. But then when you walk in a different angle, I was trying to see if it was a light. It it like glows <laughs> green, like kryptonite. But it's only in certain angles, and I don't know how they're doing it. But um, it looks pretty cool. Awesome. Oh, yeah. see, you held it then. Not the spear. You can hold the actual kryptonite. That yeah, that, no, that's. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. The kryptonite in the uh, casing. Yeah, that's in the casing. You can put your hands in it and hold it. They let you do that, which is not. I mean. How many times can you say you've held kind of like a movie prop, right? At right. Uh, the actual that's movie prop, so you can pick it up. <laughs> that's pretty cool. You mentioned uh, with the Suicide Squad that, you know, the uh, Leto's, like the white tux or the tuxedo and his overcoat. You mentioned Harley Quinn. Was it just that one outfit that they showed, the typical that we've seen in the trailers with the, you know, Bay's little monster shirt, the yeah. jacket? It's, she's there was any like other the... Harley Quinn kind of? She's kind of like, she's kind of the, um, you can tell she's kind of like the, the main event of, well, actually it's her and Leto on the other side. They have like, they're kind of separated. You'll see in the pictures when you look at it. But, um, like when you, when you finish with the Donna Justice stuff and you turn, she's like fully on display, like right in the smack center of the room. And she's wearing the sequins jacket. Um, she's got her hot pants and like her, her shoes and, um, the dog collar that says pudding on it. And her spikes on her wrist and stuff. And so that's the suit that's on display. It looks like it's the one after she's kind of let out. And, you know, she's kind of running around doing stuff for Suicide Squad. Um, and like I said, the, when I went, that's what it looked like. But they mentioned that that every every so often they're getting new stuff sent to them all the time. So they're putting more stuff on display. And they're also rotating things out to kind of give it like a... To kind of give it like a different kind of feel, you know. So if you want to come back, you might see something different the next time. But uh, another thing, too... Um, they mentioned like the feel of the Joker and Harley, which might piss some people off or, you know, excite others. But he mentioned the way it looks like kind of like rich kids of Instagram where it's like everything is just ridiculously overdone. Everything is like sequence has diamonds and has like all this stuff like uh, Leto's um, guns, like his guns are like diamond, like, like they're like iced out guns. And then his, um, his his wristwatch is like all diamonds. <laughs> bling bling. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, his um, uh, his shoes. Player. He's got suede shoes that have like that have like uh, Joker smiles on them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like even that that's even that like that little bit of detail is like in, and I don't think you'll probably be able to see that in the movie. You know, you only see that stuff if you're there, kind of looking for it. So. That's pretty cool. Like his that. blade. Um, he's got a. He's got a switchblade, and on the switchblade it has a smile on it. Like, it's got a smile engraved in the switchblade. Oh, <laughs> Did they have um, Batman with the rebreather mask? No, but you know, oh. yeah, again, though, they'll, you know, you never know. They'll probably switch it out and put that on display maybe closer to the movie or after yeah. it comes out. 
Yeah, um, his, yeah, it's it's kind of funny because I asked him. I was like, "How did how did this come about? Like, how did you guys start with this?" And I think it started with the Batman seventy five stuff, where they kind of decided to pull everything out of the vaults and put it on display. Um, and then I think somewhere or someone like suggested, "Hey, this new movie universe is coming out. Why don't can you guys send us a couple things for that?" And they asked for I think maybe a couple items, and they ended up getting just like shipments and boxes of stuff. So they're like, well, "All right, whatever for sure." Yeah. Once we get out of doing that, it's Aww. just gonna sit there and stuff. Anyway. Yeah, so yeah. And well. another thing too is um, that's true. They have a where they have I don't know if there's just one or multiple warehouses where all of their props are just kind of sitting there. They have them tagged and uh, reference numbered, but uh, it, yeah, like you're right. If if they hadn't have done this, they would have just kind of been sitting in a vault. So like, why not? Why not open it up and why not bring it into the public so people can kind of enjoy it and see it the way they probably wouldn't have been able to to begin with? But I mean, it's just right. um, it's awesome. I don't know if you mentioned earlier, but uh, well, did, did they have anything else besides just Leto and Harley for Suicide Squad and Katana? You mentioned, yeah. Um, did they have Deadshot suit? They had a Deadshot suit, like his full suit. Um, they had his mask. They had uh, Rick Flags. Uh, I mean, he just looks like a military guy. But they had like Rick Flag stuff set up. They had Amanda Waller's. <laughs> Amanda Waller just—it's funny because they have like her little promo like uh, image behind the suit. And she has, like, the most amazing resting bitch face ever. Like, <laughs> she got it down, man. Um, they had her, Captain Boomerang, Slipknot. Um, who else Did is Captain in Boomerang come with a beer? Yeah, he's got his beers, he's got his beers on display. <laughs> oh, that rules. There's two, there's two beer cans, and they're right there with his, like, boomerangs. Um, what else was there? Enchantress has, like, some voodoo dolls, uh, some voodoo dolls on display. I don't think I was there any. I think there might have was there Killer Croc stuff. I can't remember. I got to check back on that. So I was wondering if they'd have anything for him at all. I'd have to <laughs> double back and check on my on the pictures. I want to say they did, but I can't. Figure remember. if anything, they just have like his jacket or like his hoodie jacket yeah. or something because he's mostly makeup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, old masters, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, good stuff, man. And I mean, if if uh, you know if you're if your girlfriend or whoever anybody else is into other stuff, they have the set of friends as part of the tour too. So like you can go to oh, down gosh. to Central first. yeah, yeah. So you know, nice little photo up with that. So but it was drop a the girl at the front. You go walk on the Batman exhibit. Exactly. Tom, <laughs> um, for uh, for people who uh, are either in the area or will be traveling to California, what's the? I mean, I don't know if you might know, but what's the price to go there? Is there uh, you know like their schedule Monday through Friday, <clears throat> weekends? I believe it's seven days a week, and uh, if you go to wbstudiotour.com, uh, there's different packages that you can do. There's, like, the regular studio tour, um, then there's, like, the deluxe tour, there's, like, group tickets and stuff like that, but um, for the most part, I think, like, the deluxe is something crazy. It might be, like, more one-on-one -on -one stuff, but the studio tour is, like, the one to get. I think it's the most affordable one. And it's the one where it kind of takes you around. And I think it's like $62 a person for the studio tour. And um, I think there's price breaks once you go with the group. But I think it's, that's what it was, $62 per person. Again, you can go to tickets.wbstudiotour.com or wbstudiotour.com, and it has everything there for you. And it's in Burbank, California, in Southern California, uh, which is very – and it's the same, same location as where the new DC Comics uh, offices are at. So it's right there in you know Southern California, very close by to like all the other places. If you're going to Universal Studios, it's very close to that. And if you're going to Disneyland, it's not too far away, that kind of thing. So it's a great opportunity. Go check it out if you're in the area for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. 
Yeah. And it must have been surreal walking through there. One, yeah, one more shout out. Again, I got to give a shout out to Carly and John just because they were so, they were so, so sweet, so nice, so cool. And uh, John is probably, you might recognize him from a bunch of other things that he's been on. He's been on a bunch of different, I mean, there was always interviewing him. He actually deals with a lot of like the higher end, uh, I guess, like clients that come through, like celebrities. And I think they had the, the, the Rams come through and he kind of gave them their personal tour. Um, mm. he's been on DC all access. He's the, he's like the guy that they go to when on camera situation, he's the guy that's there. And, uh, Carly, again, she was the one that really helped set it up. So they were both really awesome. So got to give a huge shout out to both of them. Nice big old chicken ball shout out for them. Nice. Oh. Yeah. Awesome. Oh man. But it's all quality, baby. Yeah. All quality. Hey, okay. Graham, say hi to the grumpler in the building tonight. Oh, what's up, dude? What's up, Gramps? How's it going? <laughs> Good, how are you? Hey, are we going to hang out in uh, New York City in September? Yeah. Hell oh, yeah. Sweet. That's going to barbecue going on, man. Bring some brisket, man. <laughs> bring some brisket on the airplane. Yeah, bring some te- Texas brisket. <laughs> we, might as well, we might as well get into uh, the Grumpler Origins then right now, right? Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Oh, boy. Shout out to the Grumpler. Dark um, Origins. We got the Grumpler. The Grumpler. <laughs> Great friend, close with the Bad Force, Grumpler out of New York City. Well read in the comics. Uh, and very critical. That's how his, I think how his name stems first. Uh, yeah. First it was Grumpy Bat Fan. <laughs> then it just evolved into the Grumpler. Because he was uh, anything that was posted about any comic book art, Grumpler would be like, Boo! <laughs> no, well, I'm, sixty long boxes in my basement. Yes, so. six sixty long boxes of comics. Jesus. That's pretty good. He can build a nice. And, and, uh, you are the you are uh, Snyder and Capullo's big, biggest uh, number one fan, right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking the Grumpler was probably that critical because he's pretty much read everything there is yeah. at this point. Well, uh, yeah. We were talking about it the other day that um, I think. Uh, um, what was the last arc? Uh, super heavy. Super, yeah. heavy, super I, shitty. Yeah. <laughs> super heavy, I think, opened up some of our eyes to what people's problems with Snyder's writing was. Because yeah. I think super heavy was like the big neon sign version of what everyone else had kind of been reading. And so it's kind of kind of really like, oh, okay, this is why people weren't liking it. Now I get it. <laughs> and, yeah. and so it just kind of... Uh, it kind of gave an understanding for a lot of, well, at least for us, as to why people didn't like um, some of Snyder's writing. Something that I knew, like, even with reading some of this stuff, like Court and the other stuff, like, you got to read it in trade. That's not individual issue stories. Yeah. You know, and if you're an individual, if you just like picking up, uh, you know, an issue here and there and reading it, you're not going to like Snyder. But yeah, man, how did you first get into all this? Like, what uh, what was it well, for you that drew you into Batman? Let's Let's not leave Snyder. <laughs> since, you, since you served them up let's just, not leave them <laughs> here we go it just you know you guys uh, you, you touched on it on the last episode uh, too, too verbose for me to you know always one foot stuck in the past uh, back and forth between the past and present I felt like the stories didn't move forward through a lot of his arcs especially you know the the what I felt was unnecessary uh, zero year. Totally that was my unnecessary, biggest problem. but that was a, uh, you know, who wanted that one, you know. Yeah, yeah that was... you know, corporate comics. That's yeah. basically what it is. What do, you, what do you think about how he kind of ended it? 
Yeah, you, you put the toys back in the toy box. You know, uh, that was the, the the issue. I, I think it was fifty. I don't know the issue where Bruce came back. I thought was my favorite, his best issue. It just showed Bruce the way I see him. He came back and immediately got to work. There, there was no reminiscing. There was no handshaking. It was let's get to work and let's fix this. Yeah, and yeah, mm-hmm. because it was about time after I don't know how many issues, eight issues of Gordon or nine Dude, or whatever it was. Like, it, was. it was like thirteen, I think. That was brutal. Yeah, that that whole arc could have been over in three or four. Stepping back and to be honest with you, now that I saw those J.K. Rowling pictures of him all jacked out like that, I was like, okay, I can kind of see it now. But again, it didn't have to be that long, you know. Um, You're right; it was kind of dragged. I mean, uh, I I think you mean uh, I think you mean Simmons. Jesse J.K. Rowling's like the opposite Uh, of Harry Potter. You know what? I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> mixing, mixing up your fandoms. Yeah, I was talking. I was singing Harry Potter. Yeah, like, yeah. So hey, Grumpy, you didn't like uh, Batman and Robin Eternal? Oh my god! <laughs> I want to burn those comics. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was just crap. Yeah, I, you know they yeah. they they sell it to you. It's gonna be Tony Daniel. It's gonna be this. It's gonna be that. Mm-hmm. And then he, he does one or two issues, <laughs> and the rest are whatever. I don't know. Yeah, Did you guys um, like it? Well, no. I, I jumped did, in did, it, did it, it like add anything to the five. mythos? It just confused no, it for me, to be honest. They had John Paul Valley in it, um, but he wasn't John Paul Valley as real as, as as I think he should have been. They had Cassandra no. Kane in it, but she wasn't Cassandra Kane the way should have been. You know what I mean? It's just like they're shoving them into the new DC, uh, the new 52, I meant, and they were their own thing, I guess, but... Um, I mean, I fucking love Azrael, so um, anything that isn't... And he was crazy in that, wasn't he? He was... Yeah. You know, there was yeah. no order of St. Dumas. There was... He just made it up or something. Yeah, was, <laughs> I don't remember. It was... I mean, uh, it was, yeah, yeah. like you said, it was tough, so I think I struggled through it, and after a while, I was like, well, God damn. Yeah, the only one yeah, good thing I, I think came from Batman and Robin Eternal. I, I really like Mother. I think she's a really interesting and sinister character. She'd make a good villain, Mother. Yeah, I like bitch. Bane in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> when he's fighting Jason Todd in the island. Yeah, because yeah, cool. everyone's Jason fucking Todd. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Triple J, actually, um, speaking of that, uh, at C2E2 last year, I, uh, I got to meet Tony Daniel. And I was talking to him about it, and you know he was doing his work on Deathstroke. <clears throat> but it was currently, of course, Batman and Robin Eternal. Uh, Tony Daniel actually said, he's like, you know, I kind of regret leaving Deathstroke to do eternal because well he's, he said the issue his problem was was okay he did you know what the first two or three issues but then they would have other artists because it was a weekly but then dc would come to him and say okay here we need you to do the art on issue 10 and then they would walk away and they would come back and say okay we need you to do the art on issue 16 you know 22 uh, so he, he said he never got in the rhythm of it yeah. that it was almost kind of you know he didn't know what happened in previous issues he doesn't know where the story is going after so he was kind of like, man, this, this kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's hard. How are you going to do a week? Yeah. It's hard to do a good weekly. Cause you a weekly is hard to pull off, but I, the first Eternal I liked. It was pretty, liked yeah, the, that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. But, um, well, it seems like they need to do, if they're going to do a weekly, they need to have it all done prior to, tell even, them you know, like they need to, they need, well, if, okay, DC, you listen enough. <laughs> Get them. <laughs> next time you're going to do a fucking weekly. 
<laughs> you need to do it like two years in advance. Two years, DC. So, <laughs> start because, you know, well, I mean, think about it. So you can have the same artist do majority of it, not just, okay, we're going to have Tony Dalen do two issues, then we're going to give it to Trunkulo for three, right. then we're going to give it to this guy who sucks at art for an issue just to give the other guys a You know what I'm saying? Like, Ro- Robo Rich, like, can you get DC on line three speakerphone right Yeah, now? I'm talking to him right <laughs> now. Hold on. I'm sure they're taking yeah. notes. I mean, the thing about a problem with that. Can we get on the two year plan? (laughs) Oh, no? Oh, okay. No fucking. The thing thing about a weekly is it's nearly impossible to get the artist to be able to fucking do six issues on time as it is. So trying to get them to do one issue a fucking week, it's just they're never going to be able to do it. No artist can do that. And And you could tell. Yeah, like nobody knew like really where things were going or what was going on. I mean that that book was all over the place, and that's why I hate nobody it. It knew was... the fucking artist either. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it was just terrible. It was just like all over the place, and then they yeah. would touch on something and never follow through with it. Like I remember that issue where they were setting up like Tim Drake was like taking orders from Mother, and it never really went back in and explained why he was. Uh, like communicating with her on uh, like a phone or something he had. I was like, what the hell is that even about? That uh, that that guy we even talked about. Josh made a good point with the art too being rushed. Where if you look at some of the panels, they don't even draw a fucking background. It's like a flat yeah. color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good job. I'll still buy it. Use your imagination. <laughs> you might as well just green, like, green screen comics. That's well like some of my toy picks. Like, just black it out. Yeah. They didn't really have any central character Easy. that was really the anchor of that arc either. And that you was know. the other problem. Like in Batman Eternal, you know, Bruce is the anchor of it. Mm. And with all the stuff going on, you know, it came back to a central thing that was going on. But, you know, it was like... They were trying to set up Dick Grayson to be the main character, it seemed like, but then, you know, they would go away from him for a while and it just it just didn't flow very good. Well Grumpler's burning his set right now. I could see the smoke <laughs> out the window actually. So, but, yeah. so it was too similar to the end of Batman Inc. with the killer kids and <laughs> that's very oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah, he had so, the ch- he had the chalkboard out, you know, Grumpler's getting were, his grumpler. The, they're trying to, to sell you that Dick Grayson maybe was uh, an orphan or something. I forget what it was, but yeah. he was a talent, supposedly. And, mm. uh, Dick Grayson is not... Jason Todd now as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> so with 60 long boxes, I mean, you've got a history and, a, and almost a lifetime invested in yeah. these characters. What, what era is your favorite um, for comics and, and what are some of your favorite writers or artists? I think my favorite was the Grant Morrison era. That yes. really just, that a boy. for me, you know, I know it's not everybody's taste, but it just nailed it for me. In a lot of ways, Bruce Wayne or Batman comes off as an asshole or a dick, you know, whatever, but he, I felt that's the way this guy needs to be if you're going to do what he does. Mm. Yeah. Um, Jim Aparo, my, one of my favorite yes. artists. Uh, I grew up with the Brave and the Bold, so that was, I mean, Jim Aparo did everything. He was in Brave and the Bold, Batman, Detective, you know, mm-hmm. he was everywhere. What got you started? Was the Brave and the Bold? Is that what got you to Batman? I, I want to say it was actually the, the Mego action figures. Oh, um, Mego, yeah, classic. That's you know, actually, he started collecting when Batman Begins came out and then he just went backwards and started <laughs> 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 no. uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I guess I guess it was the Mego figures. My mom said she, I don't know, I don't know how many Batman I was little, you know, so I don't know how many Batman and Robins I had, but I would, you know, she would buy it, I would break it, and you know, get a new one. <laughs> the Mego's like big in seventies, late seventies, right before the superpowers. Yeah. So yeah, that was. Yep. I mean, I was growing up when the Superman movie came out, so it was like, you know, it was weird. I was into Batman. Every other kid was into Superman or. The Hulk was on TV and, you know, whatever. Six, and, so uh, 61 comics. boxes, you never took a break. You never, like, you just kept pulling, right? I, you know, I would get comics as a kid and kind of beat them up and whatever. And then uh, I guess in eighty mid-80s, I started to take it a little more seriously. Yeah. And, you know, they were back then, they were 75 cents a dollar and, you know. Mm. Whatever, get a bunch for fifteen dollars, and it was nothing. You get a long box for fifteen dollars. <laughs> so, what's your favorite yeah. brand of long box? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. Fast forward. What I mean, that's what. What I find interesting is that you know you're you're well read and and uh, you know you're critical to a point and you're critical you know for for good reason I think, but um, you really liked Batman v Superman, right? Yeah, which was which. I mean, we we really liked it too. So, but I think a lot of us were surprised. But holy shit, you fucking liked it? No way. <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes sense because that movie is I mean, so heavily influenced by, you know, some older stories, right? And it, it, you know, someone that has a grounded base for some of the stories that pull that the movie pulled from, I can understand why they liked it. I liked it. I'm not. I'm not and I'm not saying that the people that don't like it are just noobs and and don't know what the fuck noobs <laughs> and not well read. It's just that you know there there are some technical things that with the movie that I understand why people may not like it. But you know I also understand like people in our age bracket we're gonna know those stories and we're like we've always wanted to see those things come to life you know in a live action setting and and that movie was just like you know a buffet that we could pull from. Buffet, yeah. always a barbecue reference, ain't it, Graham? Sure is. <laughs> that was, you know, that was the Batman that I was looking for. Mm. Me too, definitely. I've, I've been waiting for that Batman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, big shout out to Zack Snyder. You know, that big shout out to Snyder and Affleck and Cavill. Shit, Ben Affleck's Batman is gonna keep going. Mm. Yeah, he's not gonna you know take a vacation. Like with the movies, you gotta give a little and stuff, and you know it's just like everybody, all anybody focuses on is the fact that he had you know turrets on his Batmobile or some shit like that, and they don't focus on all the many things they nailed, you know, finally with Batman and and finally got right after all the years of you know Batman films. It was the closest we've got to the you know the real deal. Yeah, I'm just happy that he's finally getting his praise ever since this Ultimate Edition came out digitally yeah. um, because the biggest haters I've seen on everyone's changing their mind. I didn't expect that to happen, to be honest with you, but people are actually giving it praise now ever since the mm-hmm. plot holes were filled. And yeah. I'm really glad that uh, that Batman vs. Superman is seen in a better light amongst most people now and that uh, good look for DC, especially now that we're going into Suicide Squad. It's been about a month and change, right? You got Suicide Squad? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like 34 um, days. Show or... so. shit. Yeah. Even, um, you, guys, you guys are familiar with uh, Kevin Maguire, right? The uh, artist he did uh, Justice League. Yeah. Yeah, no. even Kevin McGuire, <laughs> he changed his tune on uh, Batman vs. Superman oh, when I he saw the Ultimate that. Edition. I saw that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, one question, I mean, since we got you on, um, what are your thoughts on, okay, uh, we have Ben Affleck as Batman right now. He's going to be in, what, two or three solo films plus, let's just say, what, two Justice League films? Do you think yeah. there'll be ever an issue, do you think there'll ever be an issue with Ben Affleck's portrayal of Batman being that much older than anyone else in the, ju- than, you know, the majority of the Justice League? I, I don't since think Batman so. versus since well since Dawn of Justice took a lot of Dark Knight Returns uh, mm. aspects from the comic books to the movies, a book that I don't care for that much. <laughs> 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 but I read, I reread re- recently, and I enjoyed it. So actually, it segues right in. Um, yeah. you've been enjoying Dark Knight Three: The Master Race, right? Yeah, great. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yes, hey, so everyone's everyone's read up, right? Not- we all read up? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I fucking hope so. So <laughs> Dark Knight 3, the Master Race number 5. Real quick, I just want to say, because people have been asking this a lot, um, I don't. That you don't have, you know, obviously just about everyone's read the Dark Knight Returns and are interested in Dark Knight 3, Master Race. Personally, I do not feel you have to read Dark Knight Strikes Again to read the Master Race because nah. I read it a long time ago. I don't really remember much from it, maybe because I don't want to sometimes. But <laughs> I went into Dark Knight 3 not remembering too much from Strikes Again, and you really don't need to read that book to get into the Master Race. Right now, DK3, the Master Race by Frank Miller, Brian Azzarello, and Andy Kubert is just, uh, and Klaus Janssen, just an amazing run so far. So we're going to get into Number five. Real quick, I don't think you have to read Dark Knight Strikes again, but it does inform a couple of things as far as. Um, oh, it does, yeah. Like it gives you a good foundation. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I reread it. I reread it just in case, and I, I, you know, it gives you a little bit more of a, an understanding of Carrie Kelly. It gives you an understanding of the sons of Batman. Now he calls them what? He calls them something different now. The Bat Boys. Bat Boys. The Bat Boys. Yeah. So it kind of gives you a little bit. There's you're gonna have That's some. That's us. <laughs> yeah. If you have. Well, he 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 calls them that because. One, it's kind of like a, I don't know, he's term, term kind of teasing him in a way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he, he's like, because he says something about, I know they hate that, but, you know, they called themselves the sons of Batman, so he's just like kind of rubbing it in a little bit. Yeah, it was just... Go it, on. It's, the thing about this issue is that, um, and also I think just in general, that you might not understand, because the Dark Knight Strikes again, or I'm sorry... Dark Knight Returns was very much kind of a Batman story that featured, you know, Superman. It featured Green Arrow. It featured Selina Kyle. But it wasn't really using them as main characters. Whereas now in this chapter, you're really seeing these people as main characters in the story. It's a Batman book, but it's kind of like incorporating Justice League, though. Because it's going, like, to me, this issue was a Superman issue. That was a super yeah. issue for me. Yeah, and, and that was what uh, I I got a couple of comments, you, you know, on my page about this. Uh, a guy said, you know, this feels more like a Superman book, and I was like, you know, I don't I don't disagree with you, um, but just give it some time. You know, it's kind of hard whenever these books are coming out like once every six to seven weeks, but it's almost like that first act is all set up. You know, it's going to involve. Obviously, it's going to involve more Superman because it's dealing with the Kandor. city of Kandor and, and stuff like that. But now we're rolling. Yeah, and I, I think, to be honest with you, it's making things more interesting as far as... Because it, it kind of does something that, you know, you have to kind of look at from a sense of, like, Batman is... Uh, he's immortal, right? So he's mortal and he's, he's he has limitations. 
So how fucking crazy would it be if you throw, you know, a, a, an entire city of fucking Kryptonians at him? What's going to happen? You know, like, how the hell is this guy going to even be able to handle this? Jeez, monitor. But, yeah, this, this issue finally starts to address that. We see how he dealt, just like every other time he had some massive thing that you never would have expected uh, <laughs> that he pulled out to deal with it. Hey, man, real quick, going into this issue, man, I read a lot of Frank Miller's voice in book five. Did anyone else catch that with the inner dialogue and whatnot? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. When he's in that machine or whatever. <laughs> I think it's like, I think they're, they're like Gramps said, they're hitting their stride in this issue. And before it was a lot of setup before it's a lot of fleshing out. But right now it feels like the story, like they're go- like, I mean, Jesus, you know, we're getting into stuff, so we're going to have spoilers, but. Just the there's so many points of the story where you're reading it you're like holy fuck holy fuck holy shit you know like things are hitting now where it's like oh this is set up and now there's a payoff this was a setup now there's a payoff and it's just it's 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 just awesome man it's it's I think that uh, you know having it kind of centered around the world of you know Krypton and having Superman and Laura involved it opens up an understanding for Batman that you might not get from another book unless it's like a Justice League book right and it's cool because you're getting to see Frank Miller basically mess around with the Justice League and if he were to write a Justice League book, what would that look like? And it looks like this. You know what mm, I mean? Yeah. Like that's what I, I think people always complain about Strikes Again. They're like, oh Strikes Again sucks. Strikes Again's not cool. You know, it's horrible, blah blah blah. And for me it's like, dude, that's it's it's almost like a Justice League book. Like you're seeing the yeah. Justice League in Frank Miller's world and why like it's amazing, you know? Sure mm. there's some cheesy things and maybe you're not into the art or maybe you're not into this or that, but I've always dug Strikes Again, not nearly as much as Returns, but I think this, you know, this part now, part three, Dark Knight 3, is making me appreciate Strikes Again even more. Yeah, I can right. vouch for that, yeah. Yeah. But, um, I was just going to say, what I liked about this issue was the, I don't know, the, the cinematic images, uh, the Batmobile and Aquaman and Superman and there's just yeah. some great art in this. That it's Aquaman scene, the the dialogue, and then the Aquaman scene was insane, and th- that was amazing because Carrie was thinking all of that, but <laughs> but fucking Aquaman could understand what she was saying in her head, couldn't he? Yeah, it was it was a cool. You know, uh, last issue episode we talked about you know the Frank Miller and the Dark Knight panel. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Cooper, you know, sat in on the panel too, and they were actually talking about some of the upcoming issues, including number five. Um, and he was saying how he's he reads through the script, and you know, a lot of times, you know, the writer will tell the artist, "Okay, this needs to be a splash, splash page here, double page splash here, here." But he was saying how he was reading through the script for this book. And he came to this one section. He goes, I got to make this a splash. Hmm. And he calls up Azarello. He says, hey, man, this is what I'm feeling on this. Can I do this? <laughs> and Azarello's like, hell yeah, man. Do whatever you want. And I think it was that Aquaman where he's got the, you know, the uh, hammerhead giant shark and stuff like that. He he loves drawing this book. He, he specifically loves drawing Wonder Woman. For some reason, all these guys love... The female character. Can't imagine why. <laughs> hey, real quick for our listeners, <laughs> definitely go grab that DC All Access app on your smartphone because there's an exclusive uh, video on it of Andy Kubert talking about how he draws uh, Dark Knight 3 to Master Race for Brian and Frank Miller. So, really cool video. Re- very insightful. 
as he visually creates this world, which is just amazing. And I, I think it's phenomenal. You could just see how much Frank Miller loves Carrie Kelly. One, because Carrie is his yeah. baby the same way Elektra is. He created Carrie. Yeah, That's exactly. his baby. She was Robin, Catwoman, and Batgirl now. She has he has her underwater with Aquaman. He has her flying on top of you know holding on to Superman as they fly. Frank Miller adores Carrie Kelly, and he's really putting all of it into her with Azarello. So it's it's pretty exciting to see how he's going to use her along with you know an elderly Bruce to pretty much save the world. You know. Yeah, he mentioned how he wants her. He sees her as an evolving character. You know, uh, you know she started off as Robin and returns, but he thinks. She's above that. She can be greater, you know, not greater than Batman, but she see, he sees her as being able to be his best, you know, protege. So yeah. he wants her constantly evolving, and that's why every story she's something different. Right. Right. And I'm I'm sure uh, she's even more of a precious character to him than even Elektra because besides the uh, little <laughs> bit in the New 52 with uh, – uh, Gleason having Carrie Kelly in it, he's really the only one that's ever interpreted the character. So, oh yeah, that's right. I yeah. remember that issue. Yeah, um, and uh, just you know, I, he yeah, Frank Miller did say in an interview that he wants Carrie to be Batman's best pupil. It seems like the way it's going. But uh, yeah, the, kicking up cinematic epic. Any favorite moments from this one? Dark Knight Three: The Master Race Number Five. It, it had a handful of moments that. <laughs> If, if it were a movie, it had probably four or five moments that the audience would have been cheering. I think it's interesting seeing uh, in this book, too, uh, kind of a little bit of a different side to Bruce where he's more vulnerable and stuff because uh, he's, you know, he's aging. He's not in the best condition and uh, he's not can't be as active in combat and stuff as he is. But he's still out there, you know, fighting and, and doing all that. So I really like that in this book. One. And we actually saw him admit that he shouldn't have been out there fighting when he right. was. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's, of, uh, uh, something different. I think my favorite moments were uh, just the scenes with the tank. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah. And and just having him back in the uh, in the armor again. He, he's in the tank in his armored suit. It doesn't get any more badass than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the original armored suit too. Yeah. I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't think they were going to bring the original back, but they did. That was pretty cool. <laughs> what about <laughs> Superman being in that armored suit? Yeah, what's oh. up with that? That was so well, awesome. Because, well, I think it's to protect him from the kryptonite ring. The kryptonite, yeah. Right. Tonight, yeah. yeah. So oh, right, right. He yeah, because he was there. He's, he's in the, well, first of all, the, the scene where the Kryptonians are coming down through the clouds, and then as they're coming down through the clouds, the clouds start raining, and then that's, I fucking love that shit. Where they're all yeah, that was awesome. And another that was favorite amazing. moment is when is when he's like talking about fear and how fear is his ally and fear is his partner and he you <laughs> uses fear and then he looks at the Kryptonians and he goes look at them up there fearless they never stood a chance and it's like basically saying like I got these motherfuckers from day one because these they don't know like their fucking insecurities they don't know you know they don't know their limitations and I do mm. and uh, wait, wait. that's, that was that's the best part of the book. Yeah, <laughs> Grumpler approved. That's funny. <laughs> and even even when he's in the Batmobile, it's it's uh, a throwback to the original uh, TDKR. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. the colors, yeah. the whole the scenery, everything. Yeah, when it shows him in the in the cockpits in there. The cockpit. Yeah, yeah, the cockpit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean definitely yeah. that and like what Gramps is saying. I mean, 
when it shows uh, Quar uh, father uh, talking to the rest of the uh, oh. assholes. He just dropped his phone <laughs> in the fucking toilet. In the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 say, I, at least if I was taking that, <laughs> I would have put the microphone <laughs> by my. <laughs> So you guys could have heard. Uh, Korean. Good thing you had that beast whale there. Oh, shit. Yeah, right? I really uh, think uh, the collarist, Brad Anderson, really shined in this issue. <laughs> yeah. I concur, Grandpa. I like Dong. He was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Flash was in the Batcave manipulating weather patterns. Yeah, he's got broke legs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got look fucked, fucked up. up. Real bad. For <laughs> and he he's he's in the Batcave with broke legs, and he's he's manipulating and planting all the fake synthetic kryptonite seeds in the in the clouds. Upside while down. Carrie Kelly is riding Bat uh, riding Superman like a damn horse in her in her new Dude, Batgirl costume. This, this awesome. book is so fun. Yeah. Yeah. What about you know, um? Hey, what do you guys see, think of Carrie Kelly's underwater suit? That's awesome. I was it's like, man, that'd be a good fit. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, jeez, man, they're going to town. <laughs> Dude, you know what? Speaking of fun, it seems ever since he's in the bat tank, he, he keeps smirking like every other page <laughs> or panel. He's got this awesome <laughs> smirk on him. And yeah. if he's smiling, you know you're about to get fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can look at the last page when Superman shows up and. Superman's in an armored suit. You, Batman's got that smirk on his face, like, okay, no, now, now we're gonna be fucking some shit up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's getting his ass kicked by, uh, by the Kandorian. He's like, you know, that felt like a sledgehammer when he gets punched in the face, and he gets another right hook to the face, and as he's falling, that's when he gets caught. He had. He has that shitty grin on his face, like. <laughs> you know, this is where. Uh, you know, they said, or Frank Miller said, this story is going to make people like Superman again, and also show that he li- he does like Superman. So mm. here we go. Here the Calvary's coming in. Yeah, <laughs> I li- I like the interactions that he has with his daughter, and how um, his daughter is kind of like going through this. She's having a hard. Well, I think she's probably always been looking with for something to identify with, and she sees it in the you know the Candorians. Kandor- she's now able to identify as you know uh, a kryptonian um whereas before she was kind of kept a secret and you know she didn't really uh, you know she, she felt like she was being held back and now she has an opportunity to kind of go all out they represent the they represent for her kind of her ability to kind of be 100 percent out there as a kryptonian and not have to worry about the consequences of her actions which like what teenager wouldn't love that you know what i mean and so yeah. i think that my the interaction between her and superman him kind of trying to be a father to her and trying to explain to her, like, you're young, you don't know what's, what you're doing. It's really cool, and it makes him an interesting character in, in my eyes a little bit more than, than he normally would be. And, um, yeah, just um, seeing her beat the if... shit out of him, too. Like, she just... Because he obviously has to hold back because it's his daughter, but she just is ruthless with him. Yeah. yeah. They sealed him in black matter, right? Yeah. 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 And he was underwater. What, what did Carrie use again to get him out? It, it was uh, a tuning fork. Tuning mm. something. They, she called it a tuning fork like a or something like that. Yeah, Aquaman yeah. said it was a needle. She said a tuning fork. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't know if you guys dick. mentioned this. I don't know if you guys touched on this already, but um, the part where... You should know. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> fuck sakes, unfortunately, I blacked out for about said, 10 minutes, but I just want to know. I'm at work, so sometimes, you know, my attention has to be drawn away once in a while. <laughs> Try and keep up, babe. Fuck <laughs> sakes. Well, here we go. Yeah. And it's all wound up. I didn't appreciate <laughs> that at first. Uh, <laughs> when, uh, God, this uh, is a family show. Well, you know what? <laughs> the kids should be fucking bed. It's late. <laughs> oh, here we go. Because yeah, we're, we're live. Damn. Jeez, what's wrong with him? We, oh, we, well, we, we, we went from Batman to parenting. <laughs> you were saying Sorry, you say something? Uh, it's fine. Never mind. <laughs> no, Scott, we got so, it. Was it within the first three or four pages when Laura is flying with the rest of the Kandorians and Quar and she mentions, uh, you know, why are we doing this? And then she says, uh, you know, Quar says, uh, that can't be a lesson you learned from your father. She said, no, it was my mother in the jungle with the Amazons and my baby brother. And he says, you're what? Well, he knows that there's yeah. another, uh, you know, there's Strong another enough. Kryptonian threat. Then. Yeah. And he's going to go after the baby. And yeah, that Wonder that's going to turn Lara. Now, wouldn't <laughs> that be the first male? No, I wouldn't be. Never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, I, thought there was, I thought there was a great line from The Flash to Superman in this book where he says, uh, I know you were raised as a human, but every time you say, oh, my God, I want to hand you a mirror. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. It made me think of, uh, you know, Batman vs. Superman, too. There's a lot of, I don't know, Superman's a god. And I think the only person that doesn't see him as a god is Bruce. Yeah. I mean, he's aware of his power, but he just is like, you're just Clark. You're whatever, farm boy. Mm. <laughs> Graham, you know, how well, many cups of barbecue sauce do you give Dark Knight 3, number five? <laughs> Issue number five? Damn, dude. <laughs> this was a big old barrel of barbecue. <laughs> big, old, big old barrel. Huh? Big old barrel barbecue <laughs> sauce. <laughs> I, give it, I give it three bites of brisket. <laughs> oh, shit on diggity how many diggities boy uh, definitely five <laughs> five gallons of sweet tea oh god <laughs> that's a lot rich, of pissing rich wow. how many rich how many fuck off robins is this oh. <laughs> i hope it's a lot oh fuck he pissed me off earlier in the week, so it's like at least 30. <laughs> 30 robins. Oh, yeah. you got to say them individually. <laughs> no. I give it about four and a half Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Scott probably gives us about 10 stormtroopers in the closet. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. No, and I'm uh, throwing about five figures under, the, under my daughter's crib. There you go. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> the Stashler. Grumps, Grumps, how many bad tweets do you, bad Snyder tweets do you give this? Five, top notch. Five, top notch. Grumpler, he sends out mean tweets to celebrities all day, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever they read the mean fun. tweets on Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. they're all from him. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, I've met Scott Snyder twice, and he's the nicest creative I've, I've ever met. <laughs> he, he is cool. Definitely. You know what? Yeah, yeah. Scott Snyder and Dustin Newman are like the, the two nicest people in the industry. Oh, yeah, he's great as well. Yeah. 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 You know what's a... funny? Is that I can't remember if it was a tweet or an article that was written but someone wrote about how they don't like Snyder's writing because he always starts out 
as like uh, remember when or remember you know he starts out with yeah oh with, god like, I hate that yeah so that's how he starts like every arc <laughs> and so someone someone called him out on it and wrote an article about it and he read it and saw it and he went out of his way to find the guy on social media and like to apologize and say hey you know what man you're absolutely right I do write like that and it, it, you totally opened my eyes to it I'm sorry like I I didn't realize I was doing that I'm gonna I'm gonna do better I'm gonna get better about it. So it's like this guy's like actually like taking notes from critics and shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Well, it's everyone acts like he's this veteran that's fucking been writing for all for what twenty mm-hmm. years? No, he hasn't. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's only been writing Batman for what six. four, five years, six years. He started yeah, he on started. Detective, and then Detective. I think he Tail went right into right. New Fifty Two. So six. It's yeah. a lot of pressure, man. Writing Batman is. Yeah. Bitch, it's a lot of pressure, you know. It's the one character that everyone wants to write. It's the one character that everyone wants to write, and everyone thinks they know the best story of. You know, like oh, right. I have the best Batman story. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Everybody's really uh, protective of Batman. <laughs> that that's what that's Greg Capullo why. said. Greg was like when he first got the job, everyone was like, "Oh no, now Batman's gonna have a forty foot fucking spawn cape now, and this <laughs> and that, and you know." And I Greg. No, that would that would have been beautiful. But yeah. Greg was like, "Man, I, Batman fans are crazy. They take this shit really seriously." Yeah. So he like you know polished things up and you know grounded it more. I guess yeah. you could say. They're not but, like uh, he's also, fans. They're not like Cavalier fans. <laughs> <laughs> Capullo also said that he reads a lot of the social uh, media comments about him, good or bad, because just like what you know Snyder found. Sometimes you find some actual good advice, and he takes that to heart, and yeah. he works hard to make sure that. You know his fans are happy. Mm-hmm. He worked mm-hmm. hard for that money. Yeah, money. Right. Hey, can we talk real quick about uh, DC Rebirth's success no. so far? No. Yeah. <laughs> go, you go, you go, and all uh, Dan Scott. Well, going Dan on Scott. It's said it, it's said it's just smashing Marvel, and hey, if that's we look at it, the top twenty is basically all Rebirth titles. That's Every perfect. single one of them. Rebirth has been getting. A lot of good praise from people who I didn't think it would get good praise from. Yeah. So, well, I yeah, think there's two things true. happening. There's two things happening. Number one, that I think Rebirth is giving things back to people who have been missing it and who hated New Fifty Two. That's one. So yeah. it's going to draw old readers, and it's also going to draw new readers. So that's that's happening. And then also on the Marvel side, and Rich and I will tell you because we fucking used to read Marvel all the time, and we love the ugh, Marvel has some of the best fucking authors right now and yeah. they're, they're wasting them because <laughs> because they put out the shit show of secret wars 3 months ago mm-hmm. and it just fucked everything up and all the con- continuity was screwed up and all the all the books didn't make any sense and i dropped every marvel title i had during that time and i have mm-hmm. not pulled any more since because it just it ruined it dude it's just like they, they, they basically what they did is they told the the authors and the writers what they wanted and they didn't really give them the freedom they had originally so oh, it's like shit. here's here's the stories that we want you guys to write write them and they kind of like yeah they're kind of like all right okay I'll write that and it's like all right we got secret wars coming out we got Jonathan Hickman he's got this vision now every all of you have to answer to him and all of you have to write stories within that vision so then they mm. yeah and they're trying to match shit up real heavy with their movies too like doing this civil war too you know right around when civil war's coming out and yeah. all this it's just it's it's ridiculous i i'm the same way as you the the only book i still pull marvel that i did 
back whenever they first switched to Marvel now is Daredevil, and that's that's the yeah. only book. And I you know why? Because he wasn't included in Civil or Secret Wars. Exactly. He, you know what? It's like he's off in his own world. Every, every yeah, story. that's why I love it. Man. Yeah, and, uh, it's amazing. I also think that part of the reason that uh, Rebirth is having so much success is because it's getting Grumpler, uh, Grumpler approves. Yeah, so, <laughs> people are seeing Wait, that. He actually yeah. DC stock went through the roof when it, they showed uh, Grumpler no. approved. Man. <laughs> on the streets, man. It's on the streets. All right, and that's going to do it for us here at Bad Force Radio. Once again, thank you guys for checking us out. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes as well as SoundCloud. Leave a rating and a review. Check us out on Instagram at The Bad Force, on Twitter at The underscore Bad Force, on YouTube, The Bad Force, and be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube as we're going to be doing a lot more reviews and unboxing videos as DC Collectibles is going to be sending us some stuff. Uh, so very fun. Also, thanks to Sideshow Collectibles uh, for providing some uh, giveaways for some uh, contests that we've been having, as well as thank you, very special thank you to John and Carly over at the Warner Brothers Studio Tour uh, for allowing us to come in and take pictures that you guys can see both on our Instagram and our Twitter. So thank you guys very much for checking us out. Bat Force over and out.